0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to Quantum Nurse Podcast. I am Grace Asagra, your holistic registered nurse. I have 30, over 30 years of clinical experience, and that's beside all the stories I could tell you growing up in the Philippines and stories from my clients. But primarily, I wanted to welcome you because this time, it's so precious that we can be together. And I wanted to provide you information on holistic methods, insights, perspective that you may have not heard of. And if you did hear some of them and you haven't taken action to explore it for your life, then this is the time that we welcome you, especially today. I am most privileged and happy that I have Dr. Jerry Duhenio and Welcome, Dr. Dugenio, and welcome to our audience.
1: Thank you. Thank you, Grace, for having me.
0: There's so much he he can share, and I'm going to just say a little bit about him. And as we go along, I'm sure you'll learn more of him if you haven't heard him yet. But for those who have heard him, well, this is still a privilege to keep hearing his stories and as well as his perspective. So, Dr. Jerry rivera Dugenio is a Ph.D., an inventor, quantum morphogenetic physics expert with a Ph.D. in natural medicine from the International Quantum University for Integrative Medicine in Honolulu, Hawaii. Jerry specializes in advanced scalar plasma energy technologies quantum morphogenetic field physics and the larger paradigm of science known as the 15 dimensional unified field physics. You also is currently obtaining your genetics and genomic certificate at Stanford University. Dr. Jerry has several paradigm disruptive peer reviewed, published papers at the International Journal of Scientific and Engineering Research. He is also the president of the GC Rivera Foundation, a nonprofit medical surgical autism organization, as well as the founder of the Bioregenesis Conference. You are also a co owner of Bridgeway Senior Care Center in Bridgewater, New Jersey, and you have lectured in and presented your research findings at Fran Drescher's Health Summit, the conference on physics, chemistry, and biology of water. The answer for cancer conferences and autism one. So this is quite an accomplishment, and I know that I would be one person who will hang out with you, who, if I can, the whole day and the next day and the next day and the next day. So <laughs> <laughs> when when I heard about you and I listened to you and Dr. Butar, I really didn't have any hesitation of whether I want to invite you or not. I didn't even... It didn't matter whether you, you know me or not. <laughs> I just said, I have to just try it. Who, who cares? He might just say no. He may say yes. And so thank you for being with us. And it's a, really a privilege. And with humility, I am so thankful.
1: It's my pleasure. My pleasure. So where do you want to start?
0: <laughs> well, um, I grew up in the Philippines where we have a lot of stories about ghosts, dwarfs of like those things that you don't see mm-hmm. and for me they are stories that interest me when I was growing up. I remember, sure. I remember there's one big tree in the Philippines and not, not just the nara tree but there's another one it's also common in, in Hawaii it's the ulu tree okay mm-hmm. And so my parent, my family, my grandparents would say, when you walk there, ask permission when you pass by. So there are certain things that is one of those practices. And then when the last time I went home to Batangas, which is near one of your Russia technology in San Benito, <laughs> mm. okay, it's in Batangas. Correct. So when I went there, my my. My uncle will, before he picks up a a banana leaf, he will whisper a prayer and he will ask permission from the banana and from whoever (laughs) elemental beings are around him. So they they do that. So hearing what you have to say and what you've been working on, I feel I can resonate right away because... It's not that we, we're, we're, we grew up in a, in a church, not Catholic church, but we also grew up outside the church. So it's like both religion and spirituality was like embedded in my being. So and I wanted to start maybe if you could please share to the audience your fascinating or transformative story when you... Died, and then you had that out of out of death experience where you shared that you have all these downloads, and here you are you 're busy making sure that people will hear it
1: right well, thank you for that uh, wonderful introduction and lead up so i 'm grateful for you thank you yeah, so twenty years ago, actually almost uh, twenty years till this day, so September 10th of 2000, I had a massive coronary heart attack uh, due to a, a drug overdose and I died. So that means I was not breathing, uh, had no heartbeat and I came out of my body. So I came out of my body from the rear of my head at a 45 degree angle uh, to about three feet above my head. And interesting thing is when you come out of your body, you can still think. So that's a, an important um, reminder, if you will, to all your listeners that when they do go through their death transition, and unfortunately all of us will, um, you can still think. You're still conscious. So that was a um, that was a monumental, uh, let's say, let's say, uh, remembering or memory for me because I can still think and the moment I I saw my body down on the on you know below me and I still had 360 degree awareness so I had 360 degree awareness but my body was 3 feet down below and it was a very peaceful feeling I didn't I felt very free and the moment I said to my. I wondered to myself. It was an internal uh, dialogue. Oh, I'm I'm dead. (laughs) I'm I'm. This is it. I've died. But who am I? The moment I asked, "Who am I?" I was transported or uploaded to what I call the unified field of consciousness. Many people would label it God, Source, All That Is but um i was uploaded so you know there was a very flash uh very fast flashing series of images of my life but as soon as i got uploaded to what i call the unified source consciousness field that is where you are completely free from all uh desires from all wondering what the truth is because in that field of consciousness Everything is known. Why? Because consciousness is information. And in that space, which is nonlinear, non-time, right? So there is no time. It felt like an eternity there would, would have translated to approximately three, three and a half minutes of earth time of, of when I was, uh, let's say, dead, not breathing, no heartbeat and while my best friend at the time was trying to resuscitate me it was in that non-time linear non-linear non-time is where i remembered who i was where i came from what i what my contract right everyone talks about contracts but it wasn't just the soul contract because the soul is just a smaller aspect of our larger conscious identity i'm talking about my avatar and rishi level which are which are far far bigger in in consciousness size to a soul so in that in that moment i wasn't just a download i just remembered everything and i also remembered why i came why i chose to came on this planet So I was reminded very gently by myself at the higher levels, and I came back into body. Now, the consciousness that was in this body prior to September 10th of 2000 actually left. It uploaded. Remember I talked about the upload, like software, old software, and then new software was downloaded into this body or, you know. Like you were doing a, a upload or a soft a software upgrade on a computer or a phone, so yeah. So I came back with a a massive zip file of electromagnetic data or information, which took many, 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 many years for me to understand and uh, assimilate.
0: I was wondering, does anybody else? experience what you have experienced?
1: Well, I'm sure there are. <laughs> I'm sure there are many, many humans on the planet that have experienced this. Um, yeah, I would say so.
0: Then what do, in order to have that upload and it's like also part of that technology when you convert, right? You got convert from one to another. Mm-hmm. Do we, is it necessary that we go that we physically die first before we could? Or is there like a thing or a process where we could remember the contract?
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm sure there are many techniques out there offered in many many esoteric spiritual traditions, right? And I'm sure there are, you know, good, they are good techniques, I'm sure. Um, but unfortunately, or fortunately, it took me to act, to actually die, to actually have that experience because um, for most of my adult life, I was on a, I was on a track, a very negative track and behavior of addictions, right? So, uh, it's very, to put me into, say, a meditation school or, or to use other, you know, spiritual or breathing techniques would not have worked with me. So, everyone is different, you know, all, everyone's uh, journey is different. It just took, you know, a death experience for me to, to remember and um you know i i agreed to that really <laughs> so it wasn't something that i i i forgot it's just uh, you know i i signed up for it so yeah
0: and in that case what is the number one thing that you have to uh, what was that you were told to upload now or you know what was uploaded to you
1: oh Right, the the number one thing that I came back with is is that consciousness is the foundation of everything. Meaning, let's define consciousness first because everyone talks about consciousness, but they can't really even describe or define it. We're going to define consciousness as energy, right? But more importantly, what kind of energy? I'm talking pre-substance ether, okay? So if you have ether as the primordial substance of the cosmos or or, of manifest creation, we're talking about pre-substance or pre-matter ether. So that is what the unified source consciousness field is. Um, You know, I don't even want to label it God because God has so many labels, right? I'm talking about the original creator of manifest creation. So that consciousness is everything. Now, if you can remember that and you can apply that foundation, that consciousness is the foundation of everything, then, and you add that to your practice or you add that to a protocol or you add that to a modality, then you'll get amazing what you call miracles or spontaneous healings, things of that nature, or you're able to materialize things at will, you know? Things of that nature would happen if you remembered that consciousness is the foundation of everything. And you applied it. Yeah.
0: How one how how can one apply that in just like let's say how let's say how's your daily activity for the day?
1: Okay. Great question. (laughs) So every morning when I'm home, uh, so that means when I'm not traveling, but every day when I'm home, I take in first early sunlight. For the first 12 minutes of that rising sun, I will sun gaze. And that is part of my everyday routine. And then I'll ground right after that. And then I will uh, run specific higher dimensional uh, protection and clearing techniques uh, to clear any, you know, disharmonic uh, entities that may or may not want to engage with me, right? So I do that. And then I set my intention for the day and I begin my day and that's just a, uh, you know, a, a, for me, a normal work day would be writing, um, creating uh, new papers, working on new technology, blueprints, uh, things of that nature.
0: And, and talking about technology, of course, I've heard about the Russia technology. And I, I've heard of other technology as well, you know, the rice machine, ARP, and, and the others, I can't re- even remember the names. Uh, yours seem very interesting. So Uh teach us.
1: Well, so the technology that you're speaking of is called the Rasha. The Rasha in the ancient Anohazi language means dark matter body or dark matter template. And it is a communication device. It's a consciousness-based communication device that I simply, um, you know, brought back with me from that experience that that I call it transfer of consciousness experience. And it took me many, many years to make sense of all of it because I was not a mathematician. I was not a physicist. I wasn't any into, um, you know, those higher physics sciences. Uh, however, when I came back, it took me, I would say – close to 11 years, 12 years, to make sense of all of it. And the technology incorporates uh, Nikola Tesla's, uh, let's say, scalar coil technology. But if Tesla were alive today, think of it as he would have created this type of coil. And the coil is a very specific uh, scalar-based coil uh, based on a... Base 12 mathematics, where everything else in this, uh, on this planet is base 10. And I've also integrated uh, plasma gases, you know, like uh, the, what, the ones uh, or the type Royal Rife, Dr. Royal Rife used, and uh, as well as works from Antoine Priory, who was an electrical engineer that worked on cancer protocols, leukemia protocols in the 60s and 70s. As well as the work of Professor Doctor Konstantin Meil, who is a German physicist uh, who is considered the next uh, Tesla.
0: Yeah. I, I read in your um, research that you to Russia you did a lot of studies with autism, um, and you have correct. Correct. Autism. First, how did you choose autism and not other things?
1: Great, great question. Uh, so, uh, dear friends of mine, at the time uh, had a autistic child. Right? Uh, actually, they had two. One was a high functioning autistic girl, teenager, and the other was a uh, very low functioning autism boy. And these uh, dear friends of mine. Uh, came to me and, uh, you know, we discussed certain things and they knew I was working on prototypes for my technology and they literally allowed me and gave me their permission to use the technology on their son. And it took, I would say, Hmm. five years But the boy is no longer considered autistic uh, on the spectrum. He's no longer considered on the spectrum. And uh, he's our first, um, let's say, uh, success story.
0: And you have more? And then uh, have you tried it for other, like for cognition problems? Because like... I know that you have your, uh, your co-founder in that senior care. And I've been working with a dementia population. So they're, kind of, they're really close to my heart. So I'm always right. watching what technology that they should really learn.
1: So, yeah, so when you're dealing with Alzheimer's, with Alzheimer's dementia, 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 and anything that has to do with, with brain or neurological pathologies, really, um, our technology is... is Second second to none because because it deals deals with, with repro programming. Okay. How how am I how am I now?
0: Not much better. <laughs>
1: okay. So where were we? I believe. Um, uh, yeah, so in terms of Alzheimer's and dementia, uh, what makes our technology so profound is because It deals with consciousness and it deals with communication and reprogramming the DNA. And we do that by reprogramming what's known as the morphogenetic fields of the DNA, primarily the introns. Okay, the introns are what I call the 98% of the non coding for protein gene, it's called the potential DNA where modern science erroneously called it the junk DNA, which is disinformation. I call it potential DNA. And we've been able to uh, figure out the language, which actually I didn't figure it out. Professor Dr. Konstantin Meil from Germany has many, many, many peer-reviewed papers and experiments proving that the language of our DNA, primarily our introns, lies within the magnetic vector of a scalar field or scalar energy. And we've been able to apply Professor Dr. Constantine Miles, um, let's say, uh, research to our technology and to be able to reprogram the morphogenetic fields of a Alzheimer's or dementia patient Uh, is really not too hard because everything has a morphogenetic field around it. Every cell, every atom, every organ, organ system, our planet even has a morphogenetic field. Now, let's define morphogenetic field. Morphogenetic field is a scalar energy field which holds the blueprint or the instructions for that said matter. Okay, so let's say, you know, you have an Alzheimer's or a dementia patient who really, you know, is aged, right? They're probably 70s, 80s, and let's say their brain and their neuroplasticity is is low, okay? When you pro- reprogram the morphogenetic fields of that brain or the cells, the cells have consciousness. The cells will know what to do with that new information, so, for me, dementia and Alzheimer's isn't the loss of memory. it's the loss of connection to that memory. If you can reconnect that pathway, that morphogenetic pathway, you will reclaim those memories.
0: And that when you're talking about that, that suddenly it reminded me that. You, um, our memory is not just contained inside in our brain, but it goes beyond our physical body. Is that how I have to understand that reclaiming of that memory and well yeah go ahead and and when you're saying about the you know reprogramming or resetting so that the, uh, we can be again in that blueprint of morphogenetic blueprint, so that means. We don't have to fear that when you said your mother or your father has some dementia, because I know people will say, oh, I might have that too. So give me a little hope for other people.
1: (laughs) Right. Yeah. So, wow. Uh, The hope is this. If they are still breathing and they're still walking or they're still alive, there's always a chance to, let's say, reclaim their, not just their memories, because memories, yes, they're stored in the physical cells, but memories are also stored in your fields, in your energy fields, right? So, you know, the memories that we really can't remember of like who we are, where we came from, you know, what planet we're, or star system we're originally from, those are memories that exist outside the physical realm right they exist in the field what i call the field so yeah i mean
0: I as long more, more important to remember and that's yeah. what happened to you you know you, you had to to die in order for you to remember and now you remember more
1: so. yes 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 and, I, I, and i'm not saying any people can't do this without dying, because it's of course it's absolutely b- all based on everyone's their own contract, and then whether they're able to re- remember their contract. Yeah,
0: yeah. Because at one point, I remember in one of your um, teachings in the podcast when you talk about uh, the ancient teaching of the rainbow, the rainbow. L- stage when someone dies and then so i and you you even kind of said that we don't have to die in order to experience that and so connected again to the technology because last night i attended one of the seminar not seminars webinar and and he's the doctor is an integrated physician as well and also connected with you know quantum research analysis with PRL, but he mentioned a lot really that it is so important now for people to avail of frequency technology. So that brought me to, again, I, I shared your, your technology to them yesterday. I said, Oh, there is this, Russia technology.
1: Yeah. So, you know, the technology isn't, you know, your normal device that you can go and buy out there on our website you cannot go and buy this technology by going on the website you have to know me through several degrees of separation and it's because the technology is a conscious live being it is a consciousness based technology or being and what does that mean it means the the technology is alive when you interface with it, when you connect with the Rasha technology, it enhances the user's potential, if you will. Okay. And, you know, many people say to me or they'll ask me, oh, you know, Dr. Jerry, you know, why do we need technology? Shouldn't we need be able to normally be able to not use technology and expand our consciousness and be able to heal ourselves? I say absolutely. In an eternal life system, we do not live in an eternal life system. We live in a finite life black hole galaxy. That means everything in this galaxy is eventually going to die and go down the black hole at the center of our galaxy. Okay, now, the fact is, um, the technology is able, when you connect with it, to allow the user to expand their consciousness um, without, um, let's say, interference, okay? The fact of the matter is, there's so much epigenetic influences on this planet, whether it be Cosmic radiation, electrosmog, low nutrition in the soil, pollution, um, geopathic stress. We are bombarded by epigenetic factors and influences every single moment of the day. So, yes, we do need help. We do need something to assist our consciousness to actually go vertical, I say, right?
0: Yeah. Is it what you just said earlier about um we're in, in that we're bombarded with a lot of things, but then sometimes there's some teachers or some groups that they then they talk about a lot of what they call sacred geometry. Now uh-huh. what what does it really mean? So sometimes it's I, I myself don't want to just like be attracted to any kind of geometry because I'm not sure if that's really Right.
1: And everyone listening should always be discerning of what they look at and certain geometry. Sacred geometry, when people talk about sacred geometry, they're talking about symbolism and, let's say, forms that have roots in what I call death science technologies or finite life Technologies or mathematics, okay? Sacred geometry is not an eternal life thing. What really is an eternal life is sacred geomancy, G E O M A N C I. Geomancy is a living, conscious symbol code, if you will, that holds eternal life energetic mathematical code behind it. So there are many, many, you know, sacred geometry symbols that aren't good for you. For example, the new age people talk about the flower of life. I call it the flower of artificial life because it is a symbol code that is based on, um, let's say, a base eight or a base 10 configuration with a 60 degree angle with the spheres, it's all about base 12. A sacred geomancy is a base 12 symbol code that has a 45-degree angle and 12 spheres versus 8 So, or 10. So, Nikola Tesla did not say the key to the universe is 369, which everyone erroneously misquotes. What Tesla originally said was, the key to the universe is three, six, nine, twelve. What happened to the 12? Who, 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 who right?
0: My question too, because actually sometimes when I hear and I think red, and it will say there's a disruptive thing, forces going on. But my question is, who caused that disruption?
1: Look, there are a lot of collectives. Collectives, I mean mass amounts of beings that are for, for humanity, and there is a massive collective that is, let's say, not for humanity, meaning they want to enslave humanity and utilize humanity for one thing and one purpose only, and that's food energy okay if you remove yourself from this planet and you look at yourself with the bird's eye view of, of the of the earth and you really take a look at what's going on on the planet it all boils down to energy and who is actually connected to what i call source where there's perpetual self-regenerating energy or consciousness or you have vampire collectives that feed off energy. And it's true. We are vampires. We need to eat. We need to drink. We need to consume things to survive. Not many people will look at that. You know? So the key is to become what I call a breatharian, where you one day would live off the solar rays of the sun or the, or the energy around you, that would be an eternal life living or eternal life being.
0: Thank you. There's always one thing when someone asks me what one thing I, they can do, I always say, take, take a breath. <laughs> That's one, you know, because sometimes we forget. But I know yeah. there's so much more to being a breatharian way of life. And talking about food, I know the first thing that comes into my mind is how, how huge, and especially in the Philippines, we have huge supermarkets, malls. I think Philippines <laughs> are the largest malls. And then also though in here, there's so much food, so much. I said, how how many, how much more can we eat or can we consume? So when this thing happened that there's less, I said, see, we can also survive with less. And
1: Absolutely absolutely and I, I, I'm a firm I'm a firm practitioner of intermittent fasting okay so uh, along with sun gazing um, you know going through the day or you know stopping eating at a certain time at night per, you know preferably before seven or 8 p.m you would stop and then you don't eat until the next day or I don't eat until the next day until oh, I don't know, two in the afternoon. So intermittent fasting is something I, I would suggest. Why? Because it lowers the deuterium levels in the body naturally. It, and that in itself allows us to have more energy by uh, lowering the deuterium levels. It increases the mitochondria, the ATP. And, um, you know, it prepares you to become a breatharian one day. I love food, too. Don't get me wrong. I enjoy food.
0: <laughs> me, me too. In all Filipino events, it won't be a full event if there's no food. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> I right? so, whether small. And also, anyone who visits a, fa- a Filipino home, they will always offer you something. That's another thing. And it's an insult if you don't accept anything.
1: Correct. Correct. So, yeah.
0: That memory brings me to you know, I know you have your you, your family has that foundation, and you go to the Philippines and you you uh, do that medical foundation or um, medical
1: an- surgical and integrative yeah. mission. Yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah. So what I always say: what is the difference of your mission than the regular ones? Because. Many times people would say, they just give all the medications. And I said, I don't want to be in that mission. (laughs) I tell people, I don't want to be in that mission. Because early on, I knew not to be pushing meds, (laughs) but I became (laughs) myself.
1: I understand. So really what makes, what sets our mission apart from all other missions is the fact that we've been able to blend and integrate Western medicine, which my mother is a medical doctor and her team of surgeons and medical doctors from the East Coast, primarily New Jersey and New York City, uh, they come. And we've been able to blend the Western medicine with the alternative holistic medicine like this. And that's what sets us apart. And, you know, we're the only mission that actually deals with not just autistic children or autistic teenagers or adults. We deal with all special needs cases, okay? And we bring our Rasha technology with us every year and we integrate uh, our technology with an amazing, uh, let's say, alternative complementary protocol that includes... King Marine Plasma Water, um, Quicksilver Scientific Liposomal uh, Vitamins and Detox Supplements. So I-, I can tell you we're the only mission and foundation that has this. And if there is one out there, I salute you <laughs> and I commend you.
0: I want to be part of that mission. Uh, my f- Yes. My friends and I did a mission, but not to that extent that we were able to bring supplements or not just supplements, but to high degree of resonance. How, but we, we did that in, in Jamaica. And at that time, I was still working as a critical care nurse. So <laughs> I, had, I had access to some supplies, okay, that will not hurt them. And so that I did. I like mission, but I like a mission that will reintroduce our people to, you know, think beyond our prescription. And well, how's this?
1: How's this? Our next mission, you're invited. Okay? Oh,
0: thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> yes. <Yeah>. My pleasure. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Now, and t- Talk to me about hydrolase water. Because last week, just last week and this week, I had also guests, and we were talking about, you know, how much water is in our body. So I even said, oh, you could, would it be nice if, we just really maximize the use of water to heal us but then uh there's so much things as you said a bombardment of all stress that our water is no longer the water that is in the in the ancient myths and le- legends
1: right so you know we are 98.9% water molecules, okay? So we are not just 70 to 75% water weight, we are 98.9% water molecules. And though unfortunately, the water in our body is toxic, meaning there's high levels of I, what my colleagues and I will say, is the most dangerous contaminant that we can have in our body, far more than mercury, lead, etc. And it's called deuterium. Have you heard of deuterium?
0: Recently, but I don't fully understand it. Here now, right. So-
1: deuterium is uh, an isotope of hydrogen. Hydrogen is the first element on the periodic table. And, you know, the whole universe is made up of. And very abundant amounts of hydrogen and let's say deuterium is the heavy cousin of hydrogen so it's twice as heavy as hydrogen and what we think we are drinking as water meaning h2o is really hdo are you with me
0: mm-hmm. so the
1: russians have many decades of research to prove this. And it doesn't surprise me that the United States and the rest of the world is behind in this research. And the Russians were the ones that figured out why their population in the area of Siberia and let's say the Hunza tribe in the Himalayas, why they were living from one hundred and twenty to one hundred and let's say sixty-five years old. Okay? And they the Russians found out it was because they had lower levels of deuterium in their water, in the breast milk that's fed to their children, and the meats, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. So, you know, many people that claim they, they really know water, if you're not just having the discussion of deuterium, then they really just don't know. And how do you think consciousness connects to the body? The con- our consciousness doesn't connect through the microtubules of the brain, which was erroneously proposed by certain quantum physicists. Water binds to the body through, uh, the consciousness binds to the body through water in our body. So if our water is toxic, it also inhibits our consciousness. Does that make sense?
0: Oh, yeah, very much and, so.
1: And, hy- and hydrolase, hydrolase is the real eternal living water that is not found here on this planet or in this galaxy. Why? Because you cannot force bond Uh, Hydrolase. Hydrolase is H2O2HE3. Two hydrogens, two oxygens, and three uh, helium um, molecules, okay? So, you cannot force bond it in in a a laboratory. Hydrogen must connect with what we call its adjugate twin, or uh, let's say its adjugate partner from, uh, let's say, If hydrogen was here and helium was on the other end, it needs to connect to that. And it can't do that here because of the finite life encryption that we have in our physics, in our structures, and in our energy systems. So hydrolase is like what the Spaniards and everyone was looking for, the fountain of youth. (laughs) That's what they were looking for, but yeah.
0: They didn't have a basis for looking for it. So sometimes I thought, you know, sometimes I thought they may just be lying in the history that they're looking for, like that magical water.
1: No, that magical water can, can be produced by the human biological body, the system, if, one, you're able to, create or connect to what's known as solar synthesis or solar symbiosis process, which is sun gazing in the morning. And that sun gazing would actually create a transient superluminal element, element called so Celestaline is, one of, is one of those elements, elements that isn't even on the periodic table yet. yet but about
0: now now it's good <laughs> sorry for that ver- 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 oh. Yeah, we can continue <laughs>
1: okay so um we'll pick up where uh if you are able to do what's called solar synthesis uh which is sun gazing every day it re let's say it rewires or reprograms the body so that the body creates a natural transient element called celestaline. Now, the ancient Egyptians um, tried to find this substance and they called it white powder gold and they tried to um, inorganically manufacture it. But um is a natural, organic, very uh, superluminal element that gets produced when your body is able to live or become a breatharian, okay? And celestylene is created within the hydrogen bonds of the atom, okay? So um, it actually literally gets uh, manufactured in the hydrogen bonds that link the DNA spiral together so um upon contact with let's say oxygen you know liquid celestialine secretions become like a fine powder so this is why the egyptians used to try to manufacture this as white powder gold but white powder gold is not celestialine powder
0: Uh, is there a best time to do the sun gazing
1: yes early morning sun That means, you know, as soon as the sun comes up over the horizon, you know, you would, you're good till about, I would say, 9 a.m., but I usually finish within 12 to 24 minutes. And then uh, that's the best time. I've also done and tried the sunset rays. Sunset rays just give you a lot more energy uh, and, uh, you know, it's still good, but I prefer early morning sun.
0: Thank you. That's, that's a good, good, uh, good tip for, I mean, everyone can do that. They just have to make time, do you know?
1: Absolutely.
0: I, I learned about that when I first came to United States, cause I was with a group in Newark and. Uh-huh. That there was a group called Know Thyself to Heal Thyself, but that was one practice that they encouraged us. <laughs> I know not a lot of people will do that because they say, "Oh no, you're gonna have cancer." Oh no, it will hurt your eyes.
1: No, they just don't know the they don't know the science behind it. After nine a.m. is when the the you're going to be able to get those uh, the sun rays that create uh, vitamin D. But early morning sun is 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 um, like infrared. You know, the infrared uh, light. Mm-hmm. So that is harmless. Now, you know, after nine o'clock and you, you go to the beach for th- that, then all bets are off. Okay. Th- that gets harmful, especially in the afternoon.
0: So if there is a 21 year old Jerry, and I know you've had your rough time, what would you advise?
1: To my 21 year old Jerry?
0: There's a 21 year old Jerry going through a difficult time using that drug abuse that you've had. Mm-hmm. What would you advise?
1: Oh, boy, that's a really interesting question. Um, so, this consciousness is not yet 20. Okay, so the body is older, but the consciousness that you're speaking to turns 20 tomorrow. What? So, um, I don't remember the 21-year-old Jerry that was in those drug-fueled addictions. But what I would say to him or that consciousness is, remember your connection to source because your connection to source should be primary and everything else will be secondary and you'll be fine. That's what I would say to that 21-year-old consciousness Jerry.
0: How about to anyone who's taking care of a dementia client or a, a family? What would be your best advice for them?
1: Well, don't lose hope because there's always, as long as they're breathing and as long as they're alive, there's always hope. Now, um, what I would say to you, if you can get to a practitioner or some area, and you can go to our website. Uh, and check out our website and see where the nearest clinics are uh, and get them uh, to experience the Russia technology. That's what I would say.
0: Okay. Yeah. And, uh, any, su- any secret success or success of secret, you know, that you can share?
1: Yeah, I just, uh, like I said, um, always remember your connection to source. If you could do that, and you make that your primary intention in life, everything else will fall into place in divine right timing, divine right order, and divine right harmony.
0: Thank you so much. Um, I really appreciate it, and I I know there's you have so much to share that it can go on and on and on. I'm hoping that in the future, and when you're not too busy again, then we could continue other topics because it's just absolutely not just fascinating it's just important i really believe in that and i know right now a lot of um i'm part of the podcasters that were born in this strange time so we have so much to share of what we wanted to do in in terms of bringing everyone out for a transformation so
1: anytime you want me back i'll be back okay how's that
0: and, and to our audience, thank you so much for being with us. And um, any more information, Dr. Duhenyo, where they could find you other than the Russia, Russia.com.
1: Yeah, so it's www.therasha.com. And you can reach me at uh, jerry, J-E-R-E, at the russia.com. And, yeah, that's the easiest way to reach me.
0: And uh, I, will you be having an upcoming uh, conference for the bioregenesis?
1: Re- yes. So I, I've created a platform and a conference uh, for the – this is going to be our third year. Uh, it's called bio So you can go to bioregenesisexperience.com. And uh, it's a conglomeration of all of my colleagues, um, scientists, uh, physicians – Uh, inventors that are sharing disruptive information secrets and technologies that uh, the public would never hear about so and uh, you can just go to our website and check out uh, when we'll be hosting it
0: thank you and at the end of the episode i usually share what i call the quantum affirmation so i and i shuffle this is a card and from, again, we do the semi-kinesiological test in each card. And then I, with intention, I focus myself and I pick, pick one up. And so today I said, what can I share with the audience and with Dr. Duhenio? And this is what I got. And I say it three times in the morning, at noon and in the evening. And that for me helps me also be aligned in with the source or just, just get me through the day and the many days. So I I got 100% success. I attract success to myself every day. I create my own powerful mindset of success every day. I live success. I think success. I am success. I make sincere efforts to help others and show kindness to everyone I meet. I attract success to myself every day. I create my own powerful mindset of success every day. I live success. I think success. I am success. I make sincere efforts to help others and show kindness to everyone I meet. I attract success to myself every day. I create my own powerful mindset of success every day. I live success. I think success. I am success. I make sincere efforts to help others and show kindness to everyone I meet. And in my language, I say "mabalos." That's equivalent to "salama" because I speak the language in Bicol. And I say, "Don't let anything or anyone take the joy out of your life." Thanks again, Dr. Dujanio, and thanks. Thank for the- you
1: so much. Thank you so much for having me, and thank you all your listeners.
0: Yeah. And um, this is Quantum Nurse Podcast, and I am Grace Asagra. You can follow me and just do check out the graceasagra.com. Mabalos.